Turn with me, please, uh, to John chapter 9. Uh, it's not in your bulletin, but, uh, and if you, if you can't turn, just, of course, we'll, we'll listen as we did in the early church. A little background in John chapter 9 leading up to John chapter 10. So we'll read uh, John chapter 9 verses 13 to 34 before we come to our text. Hear the word of God. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him, since he has opened your eyes? And he said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the uh, the parents of the man who had received his sight, and asked him, asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things, because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He said, he answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. But one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, "Uh, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we, don't know, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and, and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. So now we come to our passage, John chapter 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, That man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers." 
this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Brothers and sisters, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, your life-giving word, your inspired word. Father, give us open hearts. Give us believing hearts. Give us understanding and translate this, dear Father, into a more holy and obedient life and greater joy in walking in Jesus. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. One reason, my friends, for knowing the Bible, beside it being the word of life, beside it being God speaking to you, is that it suffuses the classics of English literature. There's much in literature you will miss in its meaning if you don't know the Word of God. For example, this little sonnet. Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white as snow. And everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. Why does the lamb love Mary so? The eager children cried. Why, Mary loves the lamb, you know, the teacher quick replied. Clearly, the writer had Christ in mind. Revelation 14.4, the 144,000 follow the lamb wherever he goes. And, they f- and why do they follow him? They follow because they love him. Why do they love him? Because he first loved them. The passage before us is an even greater picture of love between Christ and his people. Jesus shares this picture with the Jewish leaders. Uh, He shares this picture with the Jewish leaders because the Jewish leaders are intimidating people into denying him. And these are the leaders, the leaders of Israel, the leaders of God's uh, flock are intimidating God's little lambs against following their good shepherd. Uh, you see the threat of excommunication uh, in verse 22 of, 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 verse, uh, of chapter 9. The threat of excommunication for anyone who follows, uh, names Jesus as, as Messiah. And, uh, and then verse 24, there's harassment. They called the man a second time before him. And, and then they're slandering Jesus. This man is a sinner. They say that over and over again. And then personal abuse to the poor man himself. Uh, you were born in utter sin, they say in verse 34. This is, the, you might say, the cancel culture of the first century. Out you go. They're doing this because they're afraid for their own religion, as they should be. Jesus himself is threatening their religion or threatening what they've made of God's religion. Though they are Jews, they have turned the religion of God for which they should be stewards and teachers into the religion of men. And because it's the religion of men, it's fragile, it's uncertain, and it's mortal. And so people with the religion of men become very defensive, even violently so, because it's just human. 
It's something they generated. And like human things, as we heard this morning, it must die. It has a beginning and an end. My religious journey, I can tell you, was a, was a search uh, for true religion. I wanted the religion of God right? and uh, the true God in God's way. And I found that in the Bible when I started going to church. And, and in the Bible, I found Jesus, the, who is God, the mediator of God to men. And how do we know who he is and what he, and what he requires of us in the Bible? The Westminster Shorter Catechism. I guess we could all say it together. It's only question three, but I'll, but I'll, I'll do it myself. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, question three. What do the Scriptures principally teach? The Scriptures principally teach what man is to believe concerning God. There's the true God. And what duty God requires of man. There's true religion and, 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 the, and the length and breadth of the Christian life. This is what we call the regulative principle. Right? Uh, only what God has said pleases him. We give him in worship. We want to offer God worship and, and may it be a pleasing aroma to him. Well, what pleases him, he tells us in his word. So the, re- the religion of, of God, not of man. But these men are rejecting the word himself. They're rejecting the God they claim to serve. Uh, Jesus is not worried about these false uh, these false shepherds. He's not worried that the whole of, of God's kingdom and God's, God's, God's religion is going to come crashing down. No, he explains to them who he is and why their blustering does not worry him. So first we see Jesus the true shepherd. The Jesus the true shepherd is approaching his sheep and he is recognized by the Father. Notice first in verses 1 and 2, uh, the sheep pen or the sheep fold. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, in the ancient Near East, there were two kinds of sheep pen. There were sheep pens in the country, and there were sheep pens in the town. In the country, you've got your sheep out there, and, and there's, there's thieves, there's wolves, whatever. And uh, so you'd, you'd make, at night, you'd make a, a pen, a, a, a wall with stones, which are always coming up out of the ground. Uh, and, and, and then, and then the, uh, an entryway at the beginning, the sheep go in, and the shepherd lies across the opening uh, to protect the sheep. In the town, there is a proper walled area with an actual door, an actual gate that is locked. We, when we visited Old Sturbridge Village when we were living in Massachusetts, there was one of these right there in the town. <laughs> there it was, wall, gate, <laughs> Old Sturbridge Village. And the Christian school we were there with, I said, look, John chapter 10. <laughs> but, uh, but that's the way it worked. Uh, many shepherds would bring their sheep uh, in there for pasture for the evening. And uh, that is the picture here. It's a fairly wide area, therefore, and at night the gate is guarded by a watchman. So not all the shepherds need to camp out there, but there's a watchman for the gate. And the shepherd comes in in the morning to the gate to collect his sheep. And the watchman, recognizing the shepherd, lets him in to get his sheep. But with so many sheep... And sinful people being what they are, there were thieves 
who saw an opportunity, it being a sort of wide area, though walled, saw an opportunity to get free sheep. <laughs> I can, and, and they wouldn't confront the, 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 the guardian. They would hop over, the, hop over the, the, the wall, which was not the Great Wall of China or Hadrian's Wall. It's, it's, it's hoppable. So uh, 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 this was a problem. So verses 1 and 2, the true shepherd, the true owner of the sheep, is authoritatively recognized by the watchman. And what higher authority is there than God the Father? So the Father, as gatekeeper, recognizes Jesus as the good shepherd. And we see this in the Gospels. He recognizes Jesus as the good shepherd uh, in his baptism. This is my Son, whom I love. Hmm. Identified. Uh, And later on at the transfiguration, uh, this is my Son, whom I love. Uh, Listen to him. Hear him. And uh, and then also... uh, he, is con- he confirms Jesus as the good shepherd by the miracles as well. Uh, but these men, by contrast, these, these Jewish leaders, they have no love for the sheep, though they are shepherds, and they reject the miracles, the Father's testimony that Jesus is the true shepherd. Brothers and sisters, everything in this world will disappoint you in one way or another. People will disappoint you. Institutions will disappoint you. Social theories will disappoint you. Even the church at times will disappoint you, one church or another. We can safely come to Christ. Christ is safe. Christ is faithful. He will not disappoint. We can safely trust in Christ. We can safely rest in Christ. He will not abuse you. Earthly shepherds, mind you, earthly shepherds, and I don't mean metaphorically, literal earthly shepherds, people who shepherd literal sheep. They occasionally eat their sheep, right? Sheep do not exist for themselves. Shepherds aren't these magnificently, we can't say philanthropic, philsheepic people who just devote their lives to caring for these little sheep. No, they raise sheep for the wool to sell them or to eat them, right? In, and in, in the Bible, you see, you see a godly man will, will have people visit him and he'll say, wait, I will slaughter one of my lambs or a young goat for you, and they, and they prepare it. And Jesus describes himself as a shepherd, as a good shepherd. Does that trouble you? It should not trouble you because the difference between the earthly shepherd who is literally a shepherd over literal sheep and Jesus is that shepherds have bodies, right? They need to sustain themselves and so they need to eat their sheep, right? Whereas Jesus is, can be the good shepherd because it's not that he doesn't have a body. He has a resurrection body. It does, he doesn't need us. God is God of all the universe, and he needs nothing. He is self-sustaining. And so as shepherd, and Jesus, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, can serve you and de- be devoted to you as a truly good shepherd and not threaten you in any way. Jesus has no such need, so he can be wholly devoted to the good of his sheep. And we see this on the cross. The the earthly shepherd, 
literal shepherd, needs to consume the sheep because he has a body, and that's perfectly fine. Jesus not only doesn't need to do that, he gave his body on the cross for your life. That is a good shepherd. He will not abandon you in time of trial or deny you anything you need, anything you need for your flourishing, anything you need for your service to him in this life. He will not deny you. If he's not giving it to you or not giving it to you right now, you don't need it. You can be confident in that because he is your good shepherd and you can trust him. It is tempting to be your own shepherd, to care for yourself, and we all do it. You can imagine a motivational speaker, a big crowd of people saying, saying, you are your own best shepherd. You are your own best shepherd. Believe in yourself. (laughs) But you look around you, and you look within you, and you see it's obviously not true. (laughs) The Bible says, then you look at the testimony of the Bible, all we like sheep have gone astray. Not just the stupid ones. Not just the the ones who don't have it all together. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. And we will continue going astray. How do we know we will continue going astray? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all dead in sin. The dead do what the dead do. And they never stop doing it, which is nothing. (laughs) Right? It's not like, well, he's dead. But maybe tomorrow, he'll clean his room. No. (laughs) No. Uh, We are dead in our trespasses and sins, so we always go astray. Everyone is a screw-up. You might say, well, you don't know me. I know you're human, and I know you're a sinner because you're human, and so you're a (laughs) screw-up. Because all we like sheep have gone astray, and all includes all. In their shepherding, in people's shepherding, sometimes theft looks good. Uh, and you can, whether it's you know, defrauding your customers or shoplifting at CVS or something else, theft, theft looks like a good deal. I'm a clever person. I know only dumb people pay for things because I can get a five-finger discount or I can fool people into buying things that aren't the things they think they are. And then I'm up, right? (laughs) Good shepherding. No! (laughs) What you gain in your hand, you lose in your soul, in your present character, and in your eternal rest. Bad shepherding. Or illicit relationships. Uh, Whether they're personal face-to-face, or mediated by a screen. Oh, you might say, oh, there, there are green pastures. Just look at them. So green, so, so pleasant. No, disaster, (laughs) wreck and ruin. Don't go there. Bad shepherding. And lots of people shepherd themselves, and they go there, and they find, uh, it's not the pasture they thought it was. Or glory and power. People in their self-shepherding will see glory and power, whether it's, whether it's like you know, dominating the world, <laughs> very few people, or, or, or just dominating uh, your social media, or dominating your close circle of friends. Uh, popularity is a kind of glory. It's a kind of power. Exalting yourself over others. 
I know very few people do that, but imagine, right? Or, or pushing others. If you can't exalt yourself, at least push others down, and that makes you higher. Uh, you might think that's great personal shepherding because in the end you win. No, you don't. <laughs> Bad shepherding. Even if you get to the top where no one can hurt you, you're alone, right? If you've seen uh, Godfather 2, there's Michael Corleone and, he, and he, uh, he, he's a very clever guy and he's got lots of power and in the end, he's alone, right? This is where we are. Happy grazing. Do you want happy grazing? Submit with others to the great shepherd of your soul. He is the good shepherd. Uh, you might think, I want to be my own person. I want to think my own thoughts and chart my own course. Yeah, don't kid yourself. You're only following some false shepherd or another. A fashionable idea, a popular image, some ideology. Jesus Jesus, who is wisdom and who is love. He is wisdom itself. He is love itself. Is a better shepherd. Children, Jesus is a better shepherd than you will ever be for yourself. So Jesus approaches the sheep. And then he gathers his sheep. He gathers all of them, he says. Jesus is not worried about these false shepherds that they will steal any of his sheep, these thieves and robbers of souls. He's not worried. The sheep pen in the ancient Near East might enclose several flocks, as I said. In the morning, each shepherd would separate his flock from the rest and lead them out to pasture. Shepherds would call their sheep. They didn't have little tags on them. He didn't have to, like go through their wool, look for his tag. No, he would call them. It's amazing what God, how God creates things. And, own, and only their own sheep would respond, either to his voice or to a particular call. Look, look what we have here. Um, verses uh, 3 and 4. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. And leads, notice he calls them by name, right? He knows you before you were born, before you were a twinkle in your father's eye. He knows you before the foundations of the earth. He knows you personally. He doesn't make a, he doesn't make a, a lump of, of, of humanity dough and then like just pick bits off and throw them into the, to the fat, and then, and then people come out of this. No, he knows you by name. He sh- Think of how a mother carries each baby and loves each one. God infinitely more. That is assuring in all sorts of ways. He goes before... Yeah, each sheep by name, and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Jesus often says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. God opens the ears of his people to hear their Savior, and then they do follow him. Uh, Unless he opens their ears, 
They can't know him and can't follow him. If he opens their ears and he does, then they will follow him. Those who have ears, uh, those whose ears he does not open will not follow him and they, because they will not hear him. Recall John chapter 6, earlier in John's gospel, verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. They will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. You know, there's this, this drawing and, and an effective drawing. Uh, how often do you hear the gospel? How often did you hear the gospel? In your ears, in your ears of flesh, before one day it just made sense. It clicked, as it were. It rang true. Why had it not made sense before? Why had it not moved you before? Because you had been spiritually deaf. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The man without the Spirit does not accept the things which come from the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Not only does God give his people ears for Christ, he makes them deaf to deceivers. Verse 5. Uh, verse 5. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Matthew 24. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and before great si- perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect. As if that were possible. It's not possible. The devil cannot deceive God's elect. If God has elected, chosen to open your ears and bring you to himself, he will not lose you. Jesus says this over again. All the Father who gives me, I will lose none. They cannot be deceived. By the devil. This does not mean they can't have error. It doesn't mean they can't uh, mix truth with falsehoods. We all know Christians do that, and so you're a Christian, and you grow in your understanding, right? You, 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 you uh, had more error in your thinking. Now you have less error in your thinking. And also, between Christians, there are, there are, different, there are different denominations of Christians who disagree on, on uh, matters of truth, but not fundamental truth. Uh, they, not not um, error in the sort of truth, the fundamental truth that would lead you to destruction. Those whom God has drawn to himself cannot be led astray to destruction. That is the promise. John chapter 6, verse 39. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise him up on the last day. That is a good shepherd. So, brothers and sisters, this has implications for your peace. Christian, are you afraid of falling away in a world of darkness and what seems to be an ever-deepening darkness, an ever-more-powerful darkness? Your faith, however, is not in faith itself. It is not in your decision-making. It is in Christ, and He is a good shepherd, and He will not lose you. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. 
Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Just say that every morning. Your sunrise sermon. <laughs> Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And then, and then march out and do what you have to do each day with confidence. Confidence in your Savior. Confidence in your good shepherd. Not your own shepherding. Your good shepherd. Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? The love of the good shepherd. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or anything that is within you. Know all in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who Loved us. And that love is an effective love. And this has implications for your home. And I'll expand on this because there are a lot of homes here. Well, even single person homes. But uh, a lot of people with kids. Maybe grown kids. A lot of people with little kids. Our kids are now grown. So we're on the other side of that. But, you know, I was talking to my parents the other day. And I'm still their kid, (laughs) and they're 84. (laughs) I don't know if they worry about me. They should worry more than they... (laughs) On on a human level, they should worry more than they do. (laughs) But (laughs) on a spiritual level, you know, (laughs) I'm good. But anyway, all is good. Um, Yes, your home. Parents, God has entrusted children into your care. Not only their bodies, which you feed, which you clothe, which you protect in all sorts of ways... Their little bodies, but also their souls are committed into your care. And you go, oh my goodness, what hope is there from? I, I have a hard enough time directing my own soul. And theirs, theirs as well? That can be overwhelming. You are their shepherds to disciple them in Christ. That's quite something. And you might say, what hope do I have? When you consider media influence, uh, all the stuff that's, that's on their phones or on the television or on the streaming services and that's and, and just like everywhere around in the culture. It's, uh, and and, if, and it, even if I, if I shield my kids, there's other kids and they're all up to here uh, with, 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 with sludge and pollution and, 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 uh, and cultural contamination, what have you. And then selecting their education, selecting their, 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 their friends, especially when they're little, you know. And, oh my word, Satan and everyone who serves him want to keep your children from knowing Christ and from loving and serving him. And you might say, who am I under such a burden of responsibility as their shepherd? But though you are their shepherds, You are not alone in your shepherding. Keep in mind, if they belong to Christ, they will hear his voice. Even over all the noise Satan sends to drown it out. And he does want to drown it out. They will hear his voice. Remember the covenant, my friends. Christ, the Lord of the covenant, And their baptism, the sign and seal of God's covenant upon them. Hmm? The promise of salvation, we are told, Acts 2.39, the promise of salvation is to you and your children. Hmm. Remember their baptism. 
They are not little pagans. They are the Lord's, and He is the great shepherd. He is the good shepherd. You are the under-shepherd. If you shepherd under His, under, in the confidence of that great shepherd, and uh, under, the, under the guidance and authority and wisdom of that great shepherd, then God, having given that you that task, He will give you everything you need to bear up under it. If they are Christ's sheep, chosen by him as objects of his mercy, hearing they will respond. Some when they are young, and some later, the hard way. They will respond in God's own time by God's own means. God uses means, and he has given you to use you. You cannot make them hear. But you can give them something to hear. Teach them by the word. Teach them by your example. Place them under teaching. You say, oh, I heard that word, example. My example is not good. No, it's not. Uh, it's not terrible. You're a Christian. You walk in the Lord. But, but you are not the Lord. And, and, and you are a mixture of sin and grace like everyone else. But when... You make a bad example, and you will. Be honest about it. Come to your children, confess it, ask their forgiveness, and they will look beyond you to the great shepherd, and they will see somebody. Then that itself is an example of living in grace, which you want them to do. Have them consistently in God's worship, under the ministry of the Word, in the fellowship of His people, Their people, right? Their people. Teach them that Jesus, not their soccer coach, is the good shepherd. Brothers and sisters, follow the lamb wherever he goes, whether in pastures green or in death's dark valley. Follow him. He is wisdom and love, and he is yours. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, Our Father, our Creator, Redeemer, Great Shepherd of Israel. Lord, we take our eyes off You. When we do so, we miss much. We miss everything. Father, we pray that we would grow, whether we're little ones or aged ones. Grow in trusting you, our great shepherd, repenting of shepherding ourselves in waywardness, and trust you. Trust in your wisdom, trust in your love, and so have peace. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.